Good morning, this is Dr. McDaniel. I'm a board certified obstetrician gynecologist in New York City. And I'm bringing to you all things health related for women. Thank you for joining me at the corner today. And let's see, I'm trying something new today. I usually am filming these presentations either from the office or from the horse farm on the weekends. And right now we're, we're closed every Friday for the rest of the year, except I think maybe two Fridays. And we have, we have three months left in the rest of the year. This, this is a September, October, November. Okay, so we have four months left for the rest of the year. We have four months left. We're closed every single Friday, I think except two. So um, I decided to use the, to take a picture of my office wall and use it as a filter for when I do these from home. So it just keeps the continuity, do the horse farm or office setting. And it just looks, it looks nicer than the random backgrounds that I might choose uh, from my home. So that's why it looks a little bit weird because I just took a picture of the, the office wall where I usually do these presentations. And then let's see, um, please remember to like, subscribe and follow. And um, if you have any suggestions for future talks, please remember to leave a comment in the comment section below for either the Facebook, the YouTube, or any of the podcasts. If you have a question or a suggestion for future presentations, please let me know because I'll be more than happy to do a presentation on anything that uh, is suggested by you as long as it's related to women. That's the only rule of the game. So today, I decided to speak on artificial sweeteners and the two different types, sugar substitutes versus sugar alcohols, what the difference is, and if there is an advantage to one over the other. So I think um, most people are aware that um, if you have a diet that's high in sugar, you're most likely going to gain a lot of weight over time, so you'll develop obesity. And that's because sugar is a highly inflammatory agent and because it interferes with a lot of hormones that help maintain a normal weight balance for any given individual. So it interferes with leptin, it interferes with ghrelin and a few other hormones in our body which help to maintain a normal weight for us. Um, and all of those hormones are hormones that are related to hunger, to satiety, and then what happens is because of excessive or a high sugar intake, it will increase your weight, not just due to, I guess, um, disturbing that hormonal balance and not just due to chronic inflammation, which by itself causes obesity, but it also really increases the appetite. So it increases the, this just, just the general caloric intake that one takes. So Calories isn't the whole um, do or die, but um, because hormones are more important than calories, but uh, the hormones will pretty much dictate how well a calorie is or or uh, is utilized or how inefficiently a calorie is utilized. So calories do pay, play a part in that puzzle. And um, when you have a high sugar intake, it also will disrupt your metabolism because it increases uh, insulin levels. So it maintains an elevated insulin level. And when your insulin is elevated, you're not going to lose weight. 
So let's see, um, trying to make sure I have all of the salient features. And then I guess last but certainly not least is that um, high sugar intake, in, when you intake sugar, it actually increases dopamine surge. And it's well known that dopamine is what causes addiction. So any kind of addictive behavior, be it drugs, alcohol, uh, even kind of obsessive compulsive disorders, the, the feedback that gives that person the satisfaction and increases the repetition of that activity is that it increases dopamine surge in our brains. And they've done through animal studies or rat studies actually, that sugar is actually more addictive than cocaine. Now, I don't think I need to say it, but I'm gonna say it anyways. I've never done any drugs whatsoever, including cocaine, but based on the research, cocaine is highly addictive. And I think part of the reason why I've never even tried drugs is because I'm worried they're so addictive. I try them one time, I'm gonna be addicted for the rest of my life. You hear stories like that. Someone says they tried drugs one time and they were addicted to cocaine or they were addicted to heroin for, for you know, 20, 30 plus years. So um, sugar is actually more addictive than cocaine. They've done rat studies where the rat pushes a lever, it either gets, and it has, of course, IV intravenous um, administration of cocaine or sugar. And it's proven they have a choice. They will go for the sugar 10 times more than they'll go for the cocaine. Even though they're both addictive, sugar is much more addictive and the pleasure response from the dopamine surge is much, um, is much higher. So uh, we're speaking about artificial sweeteners. So artificial sweeteners can be manufactured by either um, plant extracts or by just chemical synthesis. I will speak on sugar substitutes first. And um, sugar substitutes, uh, a sugar substitute is a food additive that provides a sweet taste similar to sugar. Um, however, it contains much lower food energy. So the cal calorie uh, intake is much, much lower than sugar. And um, it's they're predominantly either zero calories or five to 10 calories or less. So they're zero or low calorie uh, sweeteners. And um, despite the fact that they're zero or low calorie, the animal studies actually confirm that um, regular intake of sugar substitutes will lead to weight gain. They also, over the long term, so 20 plus years or more, can increase the rate of brain tumors, bladder cancer, and other health problems. So despite that, sugar substitutes are obviously FDA approved. And the most common ones are Sweet One and Sunnet. That is Acesulfame K. Uh, equal or NutraSweet, which is aspartame, Sweet and Low or Sweet Twin, which is saccharin. And it's funny because I'm like, saccharin, I remember saccharin or Sweet and Low from when I was like a kid, like six, seven, eight years old. I remember my aunt, my aunt May used to only use Sweet and Low. So whenever I think of Sweet and Low, I think of like an older person. But it's funny when I was a resident, uh, this is in the, the late, no, no, the, the early to mid 90s, uh, one of the attendings that I used to work with, he used to always drink sweet and low. And I was like, who drinks sweet and low anymore? 
but apparently there is still a market for sweet and low. So sweet and low are sweet twin, that's saccharin. And then there's Splenda, which is sucralose. And there's inulin. And not a lot of people are aware of inulin. Um, but actually out of that whole group of sugar substitutes, inulin is the best one. Now I will address each of these individually. And of course I have my notes here to keep me on track and make sure I tick off all of those salient features there. So first I'll speak about the, um, and the interesting aspect is that the um, food industry has actually color coded um, the sugar substitute. So if you think about it, the saccharin, all of the saccharin sugar, um, sugar substitutes are the little packets. If you go to a restaurant, they're always pink. And the um, aspartame, um, the aspartame, aspartame sugar substitutes, they're always blue. The sucralose or the Splenda is always a yellow packet. And then the sweet one, the sweet one, which is um, acesulfame, which is similar to aspartame, is blue and yellow. So it's interesting that they, they maintain the color code. So, and people don't really think about it, but if you just look at the little um, container of the different packets, individual serving packets for the sugar substitutes, you usually just look at the color and then you grab the color. I don't eat, I don't use those anymore. I used to take aspartame, but aspartame or NutraSweet Equal actually gave me headaches. This is in the, uh, the late 80s to early 90s. I would get headaches from it. So I stopped using those in, uh, completely due to a, that's called a negative reinforcer. So take something, you get a headache, you're gonna stop taking it. So it works very, very efficiently. So acesulfame K is also known as acesulfame potassium. The K stands for potassium. That's a periodic table symbol for potassium or just ACE-K. And ACE-K or acesulfame K is often combined with other sweeteners because just by itself, it usually has a slightly bitter taste most people complain of. It's actually around 200 times sweeter than sugar. So just a dabble do you for the ACE-K. And all the manufacturers combined with other sweeteners, um, it is sold alone as sweet one. And it's usually found, manufacturers usually use the acesulfame K in frozen desserts. You know, they don't call them ice cream if they're not dairy and, and, and cream, but frozen desserts, uh, baked goods, candies, and then low calorie sweets. Uh, so hard, hard toffees and hard candy type of things. And um, despite it being low calorie and FDA approved, the research has shown that ACE-K consumption can lead to impaired mental function or memory. And um, it's also associated with increased weight gain. And, they, and that is thought to be due to the altered gut bacteria, the altered microbiome, which I've discussed in previous presentations and um, disruptions in that beneficial bacteria in the gut can lead to additional health issues, um, most commonly obesity, and then of course, inflammatory bowel diseases such as IBS and even colorectal cancer. Uh, so it's really best to avoid that sugar substitute. The second one, which is the most popular of all of them is aspartame. And aspartame, as I already mentioned, is sold in the blue packet as the equal or the NutraSweet. And it also is about 200 times sweeter than sugar. So extremely sweet. Compared to regular sugar, if you look at the glycemic index, it actually is much lower in the glycemic index. And that means that it won't raise your blood sugar 
and then subsequently your insulin levels to the same high level that sugar can. Uh, however, aspartame also is linked to uh, problems. It's linked to an increased risk factor for heart disease. It also disrupts the microbiome, leading to obesity, inflammatory bowel disease, and potentially colorectal cancer. And then more importantly, it is actually fairly strongly linked to other cancers, uh, breast cancer, lymphoma, and leukemia. Lastly, as I mentioned earlier, I had headaches from aspartame, and that's a well-known side effect or problem from intaking aspartame, equal or Nutrisweet, headaches, dizziness, and even depression for some people. We'll move upwards and onwards to saccharin. Saccharin, that's sold in the little pink packets, and uh, most commonly is a sweet twin or a sweet and low. It is calorie-free, so it's zero calories, and saccharin is actually rated to be 300 to up to 500 times sweeter than sugar. Surprisingly, saccharin is the oldest of all of them. It was discovered, actually it's the second oldest. It was discovered in 1879. And it was uh, originally used in, in manufacturing. It's a derivative of coal tar. Um, it was technically the first official sweetener um, I guess realistically it's the second. Inulin is the first, but technically it's the first artificial sweetener. And um, unfortunately it does the same thing. It does disrupt the gut bacteria, the microbiome leading to the uh, domino effect of other problems. And it also has been shown to reduce the immune system. And uh, additionally, it does cause problems with glucose intolerance, which of course is a a leading factor towards um, insulin sensitivity or insulin resistance, which is diabetes. Sucralose, which we know is sold in the yellow packets, that's under the, the popular name of Splenda. And sucralose is made from real sugar. And that's why it has the most um, equivalent taste. Uh, it's the most preferable compared to the other sweeteners. It's the most equivalent to sugar as far as taste goes and lack of an aftertaste or a bitter taste. However, it is 600 times sweeter than real sugar. And again, it also has zero calories. Sucralose is a combo. It's 5%, uh, it makes up 5% of Splenda. So Splenda is 5% sucralose and 95% bulking agent or maltodextrin, which is a filler and it's a corn-based dextrose. So it's also a sweetener um, and it brings down that uh, 600 or so times sweeter taste from the Splenda or from the sucralose in the Splenda. Most people use sucralose or manufacturers use sucralose to, for baked, um, I'm sorry, for non-baked goods. And that's because if you bake with the sucralose, it can be um, dangerous. It has a formation of chloropropanols and that's a chemical compound that can be toxic and it can potentially cause um, cancers in a very short term. So they don't use it for baked goods, they use it for everything else. Of course, you can use it just to sweeten liquids. It's very good at that. Uh, it does have the same ramifications as the other artificial sweeteners and that it can disrupt the microbiome, thus leading to, of course, obesity and intestinal inflammatory problems such as the IBS, Crohn's disease, colorectal cancer, 
leaky gut, and then also with insulin resistance um, and um, potentially diabetes. And then last but not least of the uh, sugar substitutes is inulin. And inulin is actually fairly good for you. Out of the whole list, it's the only one that's fairly good for you. And that's because it's a prebiotic. So it's a dietary fiber and um, it's used in a lot of organic or healthy products because it does actually improve the microbiome as opposed to breaking it down. By itself, it uh, has a very slightly increased sweet taste. It's not as strong as the other ones. It only improves the sweetness very slightly. It's used as both a sugar and it can be used as a fat replacer because apparently it can increase or improve texture when it's added. So it's divided into cold versus warm or hot products. So in cold products, it has a slightly increased sweetness, just a slight increased sweetness. Um, and it um, means that it's about a little bit less um, either on the same realm or slightly a little bit less in some products as sweet as sugar. However, in hot products, it has practically no sweetness at all. So it's used as a fat replacement because it increases the texture on the tongue in hot products, and it's used as a slightly increased sweetener in cold products. So in uh, frozen desserts versus uh, baked goods. So I hope that's been helpful information on sugar substitutes as far as artificial sweeteners go. And again, sugar substitutes are considered food additives. They lend a sweet taste to the food, but they're either zero or low calorie sweeteners. And they are made uh, from either as a plant extract or completely synthesized as a chemical um, synthetic. And those are predominantly all of the little colored packets that we have. I'm gonna come back at you with the next presentation. And in the next presentation, it'll be the other half of the artificial sweeteners. And that other half is the um, sugar alcohol. So thanks for joining me at the corner today. Please hit the like, subscribe and follow buttons if you enjoyed the content. And please make sure you leave a, um, a message if you're interested in my delving into other presentations. Um, as long as they affect women, women's health, I'll be more than happy to present, uh, to answer your question on a presentation or a different topic if you're interested. Thanks again and have a great rest of your day. Bye.